This morning, I want to talk about the way of the kingdom, and I want us to look at a passage in Matthew as we continue our journey through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. We find ourselves in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. Jesus is preaching what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, arguably the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest individual who ever lived. And it's at the end of Matthew chapter 7 that he wraps up this sermon and it begs the question, how do you end the greatest sermon in history? We're about to find out. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 23. This is the inspired word of God. God is speaking to us this morning. He's speaking to us through his word to his people. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do the mighty and the many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And the grass withers and the flower continues to fade, but the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. A well-known celebrity several years back said, I'm abandoning Christianity for I no longer want to keep God in a box. What she was trying to say is I agree with so many of the tenets of Christianity, be kind to your neighbor, serve others, be good and to be generous to those that you come in contact with, But this celebrity could no longer deal with the exclusivity of Christianity. That that she believed that God could not, God is so big that he could not be confined to the box that there is only one way to get to heaven. So therefore she rejected it all together. Now that might sound good on the surface, but just as that celebrity has no right to pick and choose the the ideals and the foundations of Christianity, neither do we. Whether we think it's putting God in a box or not, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God tells us clearly that there are not multiple ways to the kingdom of heaven, that there are not three ways or even two ways, but Jesus makes it very clear here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount that there is one way and only one way to the kingdom of heaven. 
that there is only one way of the king, that there is only one way of the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. So as Jesus ends this sermon, what can we learn about this one way to get to God, this one way of the kingdom? The first thing I want you to see in this passage that the way of the kingdom has very few. The way of the kingdom has very few. Look at verse 14. It says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Why is the way to the kingdom of heaven filled with so few people? Well, I think to answer that question, we have to ask, answer that question by understanding why are there so many that are not included? In verse 13, or verse, actually in verse 22, Jesus outlines all of the people that are not included on the way to the kingdom of heaven. He describes who are the many that are not included in the few. And this is what Jesus describes. Look at verse 22 with me, and then we'll understand why there are so few. The first thing I want you to see is that these are church people that Jesus is referring to. They prophesy in his name, they do great works, they profess the name of Jesus. They are people that come to church on the Lord's day and they sing to God and they participate in church activities. They are church people, they have the external conformity of what a church person would look like. These are the many. Not only are they church people, but they're orthodox in their theology. They call Jesus Lord. To call Jesus Lord in the first century and to not call the Roman Empire Emperor Lord was such a robust statement. Their theology and their doctrine was right on. They knew their Bibles, they knew their theology, they were orthodox in their thinking and their beliefs. Once again, these are the many. Not only are they church people, are they orthodox, they are zealous. Not only do they cry out Lord, they say Lord, Lord. They are zealous in their devotion, zealous in their outward expression to the kingdom. And these people are also in ministry. We read in verse 22 that they cast out demons, that they preach, that they do mighty works. And then in verse 23, Jesus makes this sobering declaration, depart from me, I never knew you. They had all of the external conformity down. They had all of the trimmings and the trappings of a person that you would expect to be on their way to heaven. And Jesus says, I take all of your external conformity. You're prophesying in my name, all of the works, your zeal, your theology, and your doctrine. And Jesus makes this sobering declaration and indictment that you can have all of the external appearance of a person and a child of God, but internally you have never been reconciled to the Father. You have never been reconciled to God. Jesus said, it is not the external conformity that I am after, but I am concerned with what is in your heart. That is why many are on the way that leads to destruction, but only few are on the way, the narrow way that leads to life. You know, I often hear people say, why in North America, if there are so many Christians, is there so little impact and influence on the culture? Maybe the premise is wrong. Maybe there are a lot of people that come to church on Sunday morning and profess the name of Jesus Christ, but have never truly been transformed. 
and surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. Many on that wide road, many that enter through the wide gate, but only few, only few that enter through the narrow gate and the narrow way. So we first have to understand that the way of the kingdom, the way of the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ, that way has very few. The second thing I want you to see that this way is not only has few, but it's narrow. Verse 13 and 14, once again, he's describing not many ways to heaven, but he's describing only two ways. We can picture this in our mind. We're at the fork in the road and there's not four ways to go. There's not three ways to go. Jesus is saying in life, there are only two ways to go. You can either go one way, which is wide, and that, wa- and that way is convenient and it's easy and the whole world is rushing down that way. But the other way, the second way, it is narrow and it is hard, and it seems dangerous. It is so narrow that it seems like a little sliver, a small crack that when you go through, it will be so dangerous, it will squeeze the life out of you. But make no mistake, that wide way that seems so accommodating and so easy will only lead to destruction, but the way that seems dangerous and hard, that the whole world is running in the other direction, that way and that way alone leads to life. So let's answer the question then, what distinguishes wide gate people from narrow gate people? What distinguishes then wide way people from narrow way people? We read in verse 22, it's not their external conformity. It's not their religiosity. Then what is it? What distinguishes these two groups of people? Well, the answer is found in verse 21. Look there with me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but who will then? The one who does the will of my Father in heaven. You see, what Jesus is saying is so profound. Not the one who does all of these works, but one who fundamentally understands not their will, but the will of my Father. What Jesus is describing is a surrender, a complete surrender of the will. A complete surrender of your desires and your dreams and your life. Jesus is saying the one who surrenders their life and takes on and takes up the life and the will of my Father, that person and that person alone will see the kingdom of God. Look what the wide road people do. They say, did we not, did we not, did we not, we, we, we. Do you see what they're saying? God, look at all of the things I did for you. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. But those that are accepted in the kingdom of heaven are those that say, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross of Christ I cling. It is those that recognize their spiritual bankruptcy. It is those that recognize that they are completely desperate and they say, not my will, but the will of the Father. Not my will, but God's will be done. I surrender and I lay down my life in order to follow after Jesus. They have nothing and they realize that they have no hope except for Jesus Christ 
These are the narrow gate and the narrow way people. So many church people, listen to me, so many people that come to church on Sunday morning will be utterly shocked on that last day when Jesus says, depart, I never knew you. So how is this possible? How then is it possible if the way is full of few people and the way is this narrow as Jesus is describing, how in the world do you and I stand a chance? How in the world would it be possible? Lastly, I want us to see that the way requires death. The way requires death. Jesus himself and John Chapter 14 will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, if you're new to Coral Ridge or maybe visiting, you might be saying to yourself, this church believes that? You really believe that there's only one way to get to God? Well, what about all of those good people and all of those other religions all around the world? And I want to say you haven't been listening Because there are no good people in all of those other religions all around the world. If there's one thing we have to understand fundamentally about the word of God is that it teaches that no one is righteous, no not one. And that on one end of the way of the kingdom of heaven is a perfectly holy and righteous God and on the other end of the way is us, you and me, imperfect, sinful, unholy. And the only way that that void could be bridged, the only way that chasm could be brought back together between a holy God and sinful humanity is Jesus coming down. And this is what Jesus did. He refused his life and his will. But in the garden of Gethsemane on the night that he was betrayed, what did he say? Not my will, but your will be done The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus surrendered his will and he walked down the path of destruction so that you and I, by faith, could experience the path that leads to life. How in the world would you and I ever come to the place where we were willing to surrender our lives and our will? It is looking at Jesus on the cross that surrendered his will for the Father and passed down the way of destruction so that we could live forever. This is the distinctiveness of Christianity. No other worldview or world religion has a king or a leader that lays down his life so that you and I can live. To go down the way to the kingdom of heaven requires a sacrifice unlike any other, requires the very death of Jesus so that he dies and we live. Listen to me, it looks hard, it looks dangerous, But Jesus is offering himself to you this morning and he's saying this is the only way that leads to life. Do not be deceived because you live in a world that spends billions of dollars convincing you to go down the wide way only to lead to death and destruction. And we have a whole generation out there that is selling out and buying this lie and it will only lead to the destruction of their soul. It seems hard and it seems dangerous, 
but it is the only path that leads to life. And not just physical life, but the ultimate fulfillment of your soul. Jesus is saying, this is life. The fulfillment and the satisfaction of life, the one thing your soul longs for, can only be accomplished by going down the way to the kingdom of heaven. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to walk along the way and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is hard, it is dangerous, and you're going against the grain and the whole world is looking at you like you are crazy. And you need to just keep running because you look at the end of the way and you say, this is life and life to the full. This past week, I providentially was walking past a group of dads and I just providentially happened to be walking by them at the exact moment where I overheard one dad say to the next dad, hey, does your son go to Westminster Academy? And the dad said, yes. Is that school connected to that church, Coal Ridge? He said, yes. Boy, they are extreme there. I mean, they really take the God thing and the Bible thing seriously. Way too extreme for me. And for a second, and only a second, I confess, I thought to myself, oh, I'm so sorry they have that impression of Coral Ridge. But then it struck me. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. There are times, brothers and sisters, where we just need to put our fingers in our ears as the world looks at us and says, you are absolutely nuts. You are crazy. We need to put our fingers in our ears and ignore the noise of this world and our culture and just run because we see the end and we see the celestial city and we see the promise and we need to, like Christian and Pilgrim's Progress, run when everybody thinks we are crazy and say, life, life, eternal life. The way of the kingdom is lonely. The way of the kingdom is hard, but it is only the way of the kingdom that promises what your soul and what your life longs for. Nothing else in this world can ever often it, offer it. And everyone going on the wide way will think you are absolutely crazy. So be it. We know where we're going. We know the calling of the king. We know the calling of the way of the kingdom of heaven and nothing and nothing and no one can offer that glorious promise. So believer this morning and follower of Jesus Christ, take heart, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. So many will enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few will find it.